asking that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Welcome to the fire. Today on Church and State, we'll be joined by Pastor Rob McCoy. Hello, Christian Patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren. Once again, your favorite far-right shock jocks and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. And the one and only show that combines politics with faith and Jesus Christ right here smack dab in the middle. I love it. Hey, we're going to bring on our guest right away, but real quick, head on over to churchandstate.media, download this show, and share it everywhere. Take advantage of all of our affiliates, donate to us, and lastly, if you want to get a hold of us, Church and State 1776 at proton.me. All right, I am so pleased to bring, and I joked and called him my boss, he'll, he'll address that in a minute, but uh, Pastor Rob McCoy, the senior pastor of Godspeed Calvary Chapel of Thousand Oaks, California. Uh, this guy does it all. Gabe, you know what you're going to love about this? is, you know, you've got you, you're the pastor side of things. I'm the state side of things. Okay. I was a city councilman. You know, I worked for Turning Point. Pastor Rob is, is everything. He's, he's you and I. He's like our he's dad. He's all in one. He's our dad. That's what it is. Yeah. So he's both of our resumes. Plus he's like an athlete too. He's an amazing See? swimmer. And so. you're an athlete too. See, uh, there we go. Yeah. So, hey, Pastor Rob, with that introduction, thank you so much for joining us on Church of State. Thanks, Caleb. And thanks, Gabe. Good to be with you guys. Uh, and, you know, you say I'm an athlete. I was a swimmer, but I'm more like a buoy now. But, yeah, I did swim. <laughs> You're looking lean. Yeah, he's looking good, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's not an American Ninja Warrior like you, Pastor Gabe. Oh, boy. Yeah. Gabe, you got muscles in places where I don't have places. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Pastor Rob, I, I jokingly referred to you as, as my boss. You told me not to call you that. Um, but you are the co-founder of TPUSA Faith. Now, I love working for, for Turning Point and what we're doing within the faith community. Uh, I think it's absolutely necessary. If we truly want to win, it's got to be Christians. There's, there's really no other solution. We talk about the fact that there's, there's no political so solution. It's a, it's a Jesus solution. And, and yet the churches are absent from political theater. Yeah, uh, you couldn't say it, said it any better, Caleb. Uh, the reality is politics is the highest form of community because it combines morality with sociability. And, and, you know, you've heard me say this before, that if God didn't intend us to be in politics, he would have never have invented marriage. Uh, we, we have to figure out ways to get along, you know, and um, and, and so that, that works with every system of life. And when we have communities come together, there's going to be rules of how we get along. Now, the law is uh, two-part. You have the civil law and you have the moral law. And the moral law is a decalogue, the Ten Commandments. And from the moral law, you, you, you then formulate civil law. But you have to understand that you, you have one God, you, there's no idols, you don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain, you honor the Sabbath day, you honor your mother and father, you don't murder, you don't commit adultery, you, you don't steal, uh, you don't bear false witness, and you, and you don't covet. And from that, when you establish the civil law, for example, if you think communism or socialism is a great idea or, you know, Democrat socialism, which is 
the same thing as socialism. Socialism's a turd, and then Democrat socialism is sprinkles on that. <laughs> so it's the same thing, and it's a gateway into communism. But there's there's two violations of the moral law. You don't steal, and you don't covet. And and when people understand that, then they avoid that. It's 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 almost like a filter. But if the church isn't engaged in educating the populace on on their responsibility in the ecclesia, the public square, and that word ecclesia doesn't mean church. As a matter of fact, Tyndale. Um, translated it in the very first English-speaking Bible that was uh, interpreted from the original languages. And, and for interpreting that word as assembly, the king had him hung and his remains burned. Uh, and, and the word, you know, as you look at the etymology and you go back into the original Greek, it, it means public square, city hall. Uh, it's, it's where the Greek city-state gathered to consider the welfare of, of its citizens and to make laws for them. So if you have the moral law, establishing this conscience and then the civil laws established it'll be wise restraints that'll make men free and point them to christ galatians 3 but if you remove the moral law the civil law becomes a weapon to enslave which is what we have here in california under governor Mussolini. and so it's critical you guys are absolutely right well, and, I mean, you got you got Newsom. We've got I mean, Newsom is at least a little bit intelligent. You know, we're up here in Washington State. Uh, you know, we've we've got a guy that's a bumbling fool uh, for for now. We'll we'll see what happens. But you know, I, I wanted to actually expand a little bit upon that because that public square. Uh, you know, people, when you talk to Christians and you ask them, hey, would you like to have, a, you know, Christians involved in education? Absolutely. Right. You know, how about do you do business with with Christian business owners? Do you look for that little fish symbol and you, before you hire your your carpenter or whatnot? Absolutely. Right. Well, do you want Christians involved in politics? And most Christians are like. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're hiding. They don't, they don't want anything to do with it, right? Why is that? You know, if, if, if we're taking this word and looking what it actually meant, that means everything was on the table. If they're discussing what's best for their citizens, they're talking about all these subjects, certainly politics. Yeah. Uh, when you had the Pharisee, the attorney, come to Jesus to try to trip him up and asking what the greatest commandment is, he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second is like it, to love your neighbors yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. Um, you know, how do you love your neighbor? Well, you want to establish laws that will allow them to flourish and, and that they would know truth and truth would set them free, that they would they would have life and life more abundant, uh, that their children have the ability. You know, Thomas Jefferson said freedom is having choices. Um, if you get $100 in your paycheck and you go to a restaurant where everything on the menu is $100 or less, you have complete freedom to order anything on the menu. But if the government takes 25% of it, you have 25% less choices, thus you have 25% less freedom. Or if a robber points a gun at you and takes $25 of your 100 and by the way, it's the same thing. They both have a gun and they, they both reduce your freedom. Um, the, the, the greater the government, the smaller the citizen. And a government big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take everything you have. And so government is supposed to be limited. Um, you know, you've heard of first party, second party, third party purchases. A first party purchase is you're buying something for yourself with your own money. So you're going to look for two things. You're going to look for price and quality. Um, and then a, a second party purchase is you're buying something for yourself with someone else's money. So you don't care about price. You want all the quality and you're going to get overnight shipping because someone else is paying for it. Usually, you know, parents understand this if they have kids. And then a third party purchase, which is the worst, is you're buying something for somebody else with somebody else's money. Um, the best illustration I can come up with, Congressman McEwen had, is 
uh, you're you're a boss of a of a business, and every time someone's late for work, they have to put a dollar in the kitty. And at the end of the month, they take the money in the jar, and they they honor the employee who's done the best, and they they buy a gift for him. Well, the, the boss comes in. He realizes that he, he's got to have that employee honor at lunch today, and he hasn't done his due diligence. So he turns to his secretary. He's having lunch, and she's trying to grab a quick bite to eat. And he says, hey, listen, take this money and go buy something for Bob. She doesn't like Bob. She's having her lunch interrupted. She's irritated. She takes the money, goes to the closest store she can find, which is a stuffed animal store. With the hundred bucks that's in the kitty, she buys, you know, a six foot pink bunny rabbit for ninety nine ninety five and brings it back, stuffs it in the closet of the break room. They all gather. They say, Bob's a winner. What did we get him? Open it up. Everyone gets a big laugh and Bob goes home with something he doesn't need or want. With a third party purchase, there's going to be graft, waste and corruption. And by definition, every purchase the government makes is a third party purchase. So we must limit government. Yeah, the hundred dollar hammer or, or more that we purchase, you know, anything that the government does. Caleb and I both worked for the United States Postal Service. We we suffered through many years of, of uh, basically TPS bureaucracy. reports and bureaucracy. So, yeah, I have a question. That's PTSD right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every time I see a guy carrying mail, I just say, Jesus bless you. Jesus, <laughs> be with him. I, I, got, I got a question because, yes, conversely, we're seeing the church gather some spinal fortitude and testicular fortitude. We can say that on this show. Sure. We're seeing pastors, you know, over you, you mentioned over 2000 have po- partnered with Turning Point Faith, you know, and, and everything that you guys are doing is arming them. But to me, I, I want you to share a little bit, too. This blows my mind is that Charlie Kirk transformed his mentality of thinking, I'm not just a secular person. I'm an influential person. And when I heard him speak alongside you in Spokane, Washington, the level of anointing, I can use no other word, the level of anointing hearing, I told my wife, this, this young man and his wife understands that America is at a breaking point. We're at a turning point. And, and from what I've yeah. seen at Amfest, I haven't actually gone there, but a lot of the singers, a lot of the speakers are Christians. There's basically worship services every night. I think you, I just want to commend you and whoever spoke into Charlie's life to really believe that this nation, and I can see it in his eyes and in the way he speaks, this nation needs God. It, and of course, we want to vote for Donald Trump and we want to do everything in the political forum. But how did how did he make that jump? And here's a lot, like a lot of people don't want to make that jump. Elon Musk, if he got saved, hallelujah. He might, for some reason, secular people don't think that they can talk about Christian things. Yeah. Well, Turning Point USA and TPUSA Faith uh, are, interestingly interestingly enough, uh, secular 501c3 organizations. And so there there are at uh, Turning Point USA and TPUSA Faith, atheists, agnostics, uh, you know, a variety of, of folks in a pluralistic society. But but Charlie, as the CEO, he has never compromised his faith nor been silent about it. He is who he is, and, and that dictates what he does. But in the same regard, he thought that the church didn't want anything to do with the secular 501c3 because Turning Point USA and TPUSA Faith 
were political in their approach, as though, you know, the church looked at politics as being dirty. Well, you know, politics is dirty, but so's the church. So what's your point? I mean, that, that doesn't mean you exclude yourself from participating. The world is dirty and we're still in it. And we're still trying to make a difference. You can't use that as justification for apathy and inactivity. And then my other favorite one for an excuse, and I've heard it countless times, is I'm tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. Unless Jesus is running for office, you're always voting for the lesser of two evils. Get over it. Uh, Politics is done incrementally. And, And so Charlie thought that he wasn't welcome in the church. And I said, Charlie, that's where you're needed the most. And so I invited him to come and speak. He says, I've never spoken in a church. I said, well, that's a shame. And he said, how will they be, how will I be received? I said, in our fellowship, they're going to love you. And I think at others as well. And he came and spoke. And, you know, I've, I've been with Charlie where he's uh, probably hundreds of times watched him speak. He's got nerves of steel. He's, he's been, you know, in, in places where he's being threatened and they're closing in on him, especially what happened in Philadelphia with him and Candace. And, and he's just fearless. But that day in the church, he was shaking because he has such a respect for the pulpit and, and God's word. And when he stepped forward, I knew at that moment this was a paradigm shift in the body of Christ because the church has abdicated its responsibility in the public square, and Charlie's bringing the church back to where it's supposed to be. I mean, don't you want to send missionaries into the halls of government as much as you want to send missionaries into the jungles of prosperity to help folks who are trapped in wealth that can't pass through the eye of a needle, as you were saying earlier, Gabe, that this is so critical. And what Charlie's doing, we've been missing it for over 50 years, and now it's back, and it's it's cranking. Reaching upstream. There's such a thing as reaching upstream or, or, or you know, influencing influencers. And I, I actually listened to that sermon where Charlie spoke at your church, and it was, I, I remember just amening and just freaking out because, like, I hear sermons all the time, and I was just like, this is fire. This this young man, I didn't, I honestly didn't know he was so strong as faith. So uh, can you, can you hit on the fact of, you know, can you, can you encourage some of our listeners? Cause I think a lot of people have thrown out the baby with the bathwater, not only in, in politics, but also in Hollywood as well. Can you, can you, can you touch a little bit on the fact that people are coming to Jesus right now in droves who are financially wealthy? And I think a lot of people just, they don't know that they don't hear that and they, they lose hope. Um, I think we need hope. 80 million people. Uh, I feel like we're, you know, no doubt about it. I don't know how, how much I can say without us getting banned, but we, we were disenfranchised by this election. But this encourages me when you, when you have these stories and when people, you know, just like I said, it's easier, to, according to Jesus, for a rich man to go through the, you know, to get into the kingdom of heaven. As yeah. it is for, for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle, yeah. Yeah, well, um, it's a funny story, Gabe. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I believe the gifts are for today. Um, I'm not a cessationist in my, my theology, but in the same regard, I'm, I'm not a hyper charismatic. Um, you know, I've, I've had people give me a word of prophecy and the like, and, you know, and I, I'm patient and, you know, civil in, re- in regards to it. But I remember one time in particular, and, and it's a very famous person whose name is to be held back, um, but, but they had a word for me, and they said, um, this, this, someone's going to donate money for your audiovisual, and you're going to have a nationwide and possibly worldwide um, footprint, and you're going to have inroads into Hollywood. 
Now, when they were saying this, I was laughing to myself because I have the gift of preaching a church down to a manageable size and I've got a face for radio. <laughs> so th- th- this isn't, you know, th- th- I, what they're saying is just strange to me. And in addition, I, I don't think they realize that, you know, Thousand Oaks isn't real close to Hollywood. They were trying to stretch, I thought, shouldn't make it up. Well, I'm with Charlie in an event. And uh, after he speaks, we go next door to a place to get something to eat because he was hungry. And a friend of mine comes with us whose name is to, you know, remain anonymous. And we're sitting there and Charlie says, Rob, you really need to be on social media. You need to be on YouTube. You got to really step up on that. And at the time I had like maybe a YouTube channel with 22 followers. Um, I just didn't do anything in relation. I didn't even have Instagram, nothing. And uh and I said, well, what would that cost to, you know, do video and get, you know, he goes, I'd probably 15 grand to get the best equipment and all that. I said, well, I'll, I'll take it before the elders. Cause at the time we were hand to mouth and you know, that's, that's a big expenditure. And, uh, and I said, so I'll pray about it and ask the elders. At that point, the guy next to me slides over a check and he says, you can ask the elders or you can cash that. Wow. And I thought, yeah. And I thought, wow, okay, I better work on that. So we start the the equipment, we start the channel and COVID hits and, um, you know, fear mongering is all over the media. And, and we already had the diamond princess data. I, I knew this was a scam. I had a really good friend, Dr. Keith Rose, who was also a CIA ground operator. Uh, and you know, he's a, he's an MD and he's got all the data and, and plus, you know, we, we were bringing on doctors and everything. And I was just trying to dispel the fear that they were pouring into our elderly 65 and older with comorbidities. And they were scaring them to stay home and shuttering schools. And it was just, it was getting darker and darker. And I wanted to give them somewhere to go other than the traditional media or the legacy media, which I hate that term. And, and so we just, it was my son-in-law and I sitting on a love seat with a, a live feed at seven o'clock every night. And I remember the first broadcast, my son-in-law is half black, I'm, I'm white. And you know, the contrast was terrible. It looked like an ISIS beheading video. <laughs> and, 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 but yet the content was solid. And we just kept doing it every night, five, five nights a week, sometimes six. And we grew to an enormous following. And then, you know, they, they came heavy on the lockdowns. And then all of a sudden, when we defied the governor's orders for lockdown and they were, you know, we were brought before, I was brought before the judge on contempt charges and the, the church grew uh, 400% overnight in, in like 15 months we we baptized now this isn't this isn't you know th- this isn't converse this is this is disciples we baptized twice as many people as the attendance of the church was 14 months earlier or 15 months earlier these are folks that and, and these were you know orthodox jews reformed jews conservative jews mormons uh wayward catholics uh atheists there one 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 of my favorites is when we were defying the lockdown orders and they were going to name me and a thousand congregants or visitors uh, with, with a citation and they'd cite us. Uh, and and I, I show up that day at church and we're gonna defy the restraining order. And, and there was a, a guy that I'd helped 
you know, I voted for him to be able to open up his gun store in Thousand Oaks. And he was an atheist. And my son-in-law and his friend helped build the store out and just ministered to him and loved on him. He showed up that day and he was out there with a thousand people who had gathered from all over the country, basically saying, we'll take the citations, you worship in peace. It was a move of, of, of selflessness like I haven't seen. And this guy's out there that day and he's holding up a sign that says it took this kind of SHI to get this atheist to church. Wow. And yeah, and, and, and that guy is a treasure. He's, he's, he's been to church. He sits in the second row. He comes. Um, and, and in addition, which I thought this prophecy of this person, you know, all of a sudden famous people started coming. People who would never darken the doors of a church, but because we defied tyranny and we stood on behalf of people's businesses uh, and, and we would we would broadcast the businesses that were remaining open. And after church, they would be flooded with congregants going to eat um, or or or, you know, frequenting their business and helping them stay alive. And they were so moved by that, that word of mouth came out and people started showing up and, and they just became part of the congregation. And you're sitting there now we'd have to get them special seats cause they get mobbed otherwise, but it was really powerful and profound. And, and I, I look back on that and I think, well, you know, that person was right. And, uh, you know, it softened my heart a little bit towards a word of prophecy, but, uh, it, it was, it was powerful. You know, let me just jump in here because uh, what Rob is saying, I love this, and, and you know this expression, I say it all the time, but great oppression breeds great opportunity. And that's what COVID did. And, and the stupidity of the government, the overreaching government, they didn't realize that what they did is they actually pushed people into being bold. Uh, we saw churches such as yourself, and for the audience that doesn't know, Pastor Rob was a brave and bold pastor. He's the kind of pastor that everybody wants to see that says, you know what? No, uh, we are not going to forsake the gathering. That's what the Bible tells us. And you know what? We're going to obey God over man. That's what the Bible tells us as well. So we're going to stay open. And people were coming in droves to your church, right? You got sued. And it just, it really, it, honestly, it just helped you out. It helped you grow. And, and you got an audience with people who you never thought you would. Gabe, to it, could kind of pick back off of what you asked him though look we're we're about to have amfest pastor rob and i will both be at amfest it's the biggest event that tpusa does okay it's a massive event and you know who two of the speakers are rob schneider and roseanne barr wow. and can you believe roseanne barr right can you believe roseanne barr is going to be a speaker at a tpusa event like what the heck is going on She's around here? She's the type here? of girl that might have a sign that it takes this SHIT, right? But here's the thing, <laughs> get right? This person in church. You were right. The faith, the faith aspect of Turning Point, we are massive and we are growing. And there is worship nights and there is pastors and there's people speaking the word of God at all of these Turning Point events. Okay? We've right. got people that are coming to the Lord. Uh, Dr. James Lindsay uh, just, just gave his life. Didn't he, Pastor Rob? Yeah, you might have news I haven't received yet. I mean, I've I've heard some um, promising. Uh, it, yeah, I, I got to be careful on how I share that, but I, I've heard some pretty cool things. Uh, but I'm going to leave that up to James when the yeah. time comes. So I've I've heard rumors, and I and I I guess I sh I overspoke there, but but here's the thing: I, I'm hearing right. rumors that this is occurring, right? So we're bringing people in to a conservative event. And then they're hearing the word of God. And, and as Charlie Kirk loves to say, when you drink from the streams of liberty, eventually you go find the source. And Amen. we know that that source is Jesus Christ. Amen to that. Hey, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, when, when we headlined uh, Dr. Lindsay for our pastor's summit, 
we got beat up by the Christian Research Network. You know, an atheist is headlining a pastor's conference. And I thought, you know, do you, do you hold the same litmus test for the pilot flying your plane or the surgeon that's performing your open heart surgery? Do they have to be a Christian or do you want the best pilot and the best heart surgeon? Nobody articulates better critical race theory and the dangers that it holds than Dr. James Lindsay. And the church was ill-prepared for what was thrust upon them. And this man stepped out and, and started instructing pastors and equipping them to contend for freedom in the face of one of the most heinous ideologies ever thwarted upon this nation. Um, and, and all they could do was pick fly poop out of pepper. He's not a Christian. The stupidity of that still resonates. And in addition, if you really have a heart for evangelism, here's a man who's searching and he's surrounded by pastors and he's loved on and all you can do is is like I said, pick fly poop out of pepper. It was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. And Christian Research Network does great work. They, they missed it on that one. I'm sorry. No, I, I completely agree with you. This is this is exactly what we want. The people that are searching for the truth, let's get them around the people who actually know the truth, i.e. Christians. Yeah. And let's change their lives, and we're going to make our army that much stronger because we've got truth on our side. That's what it comes down to. Now, I love uh, – oh, go ahead, Pastor Rob. No, I'm sorry. Go, I, I, I can talk all day. Take over, Caleb. I'll You're, shut up. No, no, no. You, we brought you on, on yeah, the show. We want to we hear, hear from you, so go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, uh, you know, Dr. Lindsay professed himself at one point to be an angry atheist. Then he was an atheist. And and I remember sitting with him, interviewing him, and he said, I, he said he believes in absolute truth. And I go, well, then you're not an atheist. You're an agnostic. And, and by the way, that absolute truth that you believe in, his name is Jesus. He's the way, the truth in the life. It's it's I and no other. It's 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 significant in that statement. And uh, he's he's so pliable and open. Anyone pursuing truth is ultimately going to find the Lord because he is truth. Amen to that. So and true. let me just share a story as well, because we were recently at a pastor summit in San Diego, and, and Pastor Rob actually brought up James O'Keefe, and he had the entire audience pray over James, who was going wow. through quite a lot at that point. Right. Uh, but that's the kind of caliber that, that Pastor Rob is and, and that TPUSA Faith is around. And I actually had the opportunity to drive James O'Keefe from San Diego to L.A. for another event. And he was calling multiple people, telling them about what Pastor Rob and TPUSA Faith did for him by bringing him up on stage and praying for him. So that's the wow. kind of environment we're, we're around and we're actually showcasing to these big name fighters in the conservative movement. Amen. Hey, I got a question. Uh, this is may, may turn us into a different direction, but uh, we're, we're good friends with a, a lawyer, Lee Dundas. And when we were interviewing her, she actually, uh, she said she was friends with a mathematician who said it does not take 51% for a tipping point to happen in the nation. She said it's actually roughly around three to 5%. Yeah. Yeah. She said it was even three to 5%, even lower, but I got nine. That's I, I was, I, it's a lot better than 51%. So I, I just wanted to say, like, there's kind of this doctrine out there, um, all fly away old glory doctrine. And, and a lot of people want to leave the, the, the situation of the United States into the hands or to the hands of their grandchildren, um, kind of with this mentality that, hey, we've done our best. We tried. 
but the reality is this, it was really encouraging for me because I love that story of Gideon and his 300 men. Like, I, I just, I love that image of Gideon looking at the guys who didn't put their faces down in the water. They were just calmly lapping water up to their mouth. I really believe that there's that type of man and woman out there right now, and they just need to know that we don't need 51%. Can, your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that that's a great word, Gabe. Um, you know, one of my biggest struggles, and I'm part of a, a group of churches called Calvary Chapel, and we're our eschatology, and for those who don't know what the word eschatology means, it's a study of the end times. You, for time to exist, there needs to be a beginning and an end, and uh, we, we see the end as the rapture, and then we go into the, you know, premillennial is this idea of the thousand-year reign of the Lord. So you know, we I, uh, Pastor rapture. Rob, I, I hate to cut you off right here but we've got a we got a break uh we got we got a, so I, i'm just gonna tell the audience stay tuned pastor rob has come on for a second part so but we're we're out of time so we'll be right back uh church of state is sponsored right. in part by patriot church and the constitution party i'm gabe blomgren and a calm does not suit me i'm caleb collier i was born for a storm welcome to the fire <laughs> 